the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that for us next. Big job there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Oh, down goes Duffy. Oh, cold. Frank Mir does it again. Rock'em, sock'em, robots here. Oh, my goodness. I believe there are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, here we go, folks. Here we go. Sorry for the delay. About 3.35 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday, August 2nd, 2021, episode 311 of the Anik and Florian podcast. Ken Flo in that plush office there in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm at my mother's house. So uh, I'm in my mother's basement, actually. No, I'm not. There are no basements <laughs> in Florida. You know, there's Anik broadcasting from his mom's basement again. <laughs> So uh, so it's great to see you. It's great to see you. I have a lot to get to. So I'm here for a few different reasons. We're having yep. some ele- electrical work done at our house. I didn't want to chance the Wi-Fi. Mom lives 22 minutes away. So here we are. Hopefully the microphone sounds okay today. Pretty windy and rainy outside. So I apologize for, uh, for any extracurricular noise. Um, but we got a lot to get to today. I was at Disney World yesterday, but that's not the lead today. And anything that Kenny Florian puts out there on Instagram is, uh, is free for me, right? At Kenny Florian is the handle, if you're not following already. Pumped to have this in-home office ready for training and filming. Big thank you to Fuji Mats and the handsome Ed Gilmer. Ken Flo didn't write <laughs> handsome for helping to make this happen. So, all right. I mean, there are a lot of dreams out there. Um, <clears throat> this has got to be a dream come true. I mean, I remember the, when your first martial arts school opened, Florian Martial Arts Center there in Brookline, Massachusetts, that that Keith is still so ably running. Um, but you have you have a home you have a home gym of the uh, highest order. Uh, that's pretty exciting, right? It is, it is exciting. Thank you, man. Um, yeah, you know, just, you know, it, it just basically with, with uh, less time having a place to train at my house, you know, inviting people over uh, and having the ability to train at, at home, I, I think is huge. Uh, Fuji mats, uh, you know, um, they produce some awesome equipment. Uh, my brother-in-law, Ed, Ed Gilmer, uh, that you mentioned, uh, right. is really handy. I'm terrible with tools and I right. don't know what the right. hell I'm doing. He knows what he's doing. So he, he helped me make it, uh, very nice and pretty. It's always interesting. Speaking of pretty when the, uh, and there's a beautiful screen grab from, uh, from <laughs> look at Cody. So it must have some square footage under that roof in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're not going to get into all of that today. But no, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things that happened and resulted out of the global pandemic. And it stands to reason you could still be in California if not for COVID-19. You know, Paul Felder could still be fighting. Now he's a triathlete in some part because of COVID-19. But that's pretty incredible, man, you know, to have that type of resource and facility under your roof with young children, right? Kind of goes both ways. If you want the break from the kids, now the commute to the jujitsu training no longer exists. But I don't know, man, we saw this era of like garage gyms and uh, nothing makes me happier than when I saw that image of, uh, of, of that jujitsu school essentially at your residence. So thank you, man. I, I feel like the best kind of martial arts happens at home. A lot of times you can do your little research and yeah. uh, getting that in was, was pretty cool. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. Do your research on the Florian brothers on uh blue mats taped together in the basements that do exist yeah. in Dover, Massachusetts back in the day, reading about jujitsu. <laughs> I don't even want to say what I was doing when these Florian brothers were like chewing on kale in the fucking basement <laughs> rolling. 
Chew it on kale. <laughs> well, I remember when uh, like Keith's kids early on essentially were like craving kale shakes because of of like the elite parenting that was going on, you know. Um, all right. So I'm glad to have that off my chest, but that's got to be pretty cool. Because for me, the equivalent of what you have, right, yeah. is either a a singular golf hole on my property, like having a par three hole on my residence, right? Like I'm at my mom's house right now. It's on the eighth hole of a golf course, right? I would love to have enough land somewhere in Texas or somewhere where I could have a par three hole where I could just sit out there with an eight iron and, or to have like a half court basketball in my house. And you essentially have the equivalent of that. Um, you know, and that's that's very exciting. Cody's probably like, that's enough about that, boys. Did you well, see Sean John, Strickland? I mean, you yeah. can't have a golf course on your property to <laughs> shooting 120. So, yeah. Well, hey, I had the best round of my life in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. There were no conditions, and uh, we broke 90. It was very exciting. Had five pars in a row. If DC is listening, um, so I was at Disney World yesterday, and that is a major undertaking, especially mm-hmm. on July 31st with the heat. You know, the Ducky and Parker thought we were crazy taking our kids in the in the summertime, but it happened sort of spontaneously. And we went and I got to say, because I try to be as honest with this audience as possible. And certainly to you, Kenny, who is about to probably embark on a handful of Disney World trips with two kids under the age of five. I know. Yes. It's like it getting kicked in the calf probably. Um, <laughs> but the heat's the least of your concerns. Sorry, I didn't close my email before the show again. It's amateur hour here in my mom's basement today. But Disney World is such an undertaking that I feel like the heat was the least of my concerns. My three-year-old son is sort of like, what are you doing? Is this like fraternity hazing? You got me out in the heat for five hours so your sister, you know, my sisters can go on a few rides. I just feel like the heat is the least of your concerns. If you're going to Disney World with, with three or more children, you know, we had 12 in our party. You know, best of luck to you is all I'm saying, Ken. Best of luck. You have you have the patience of a Zen monk, my friend. That is that is uh, serious. But I know that's in store for me. That is my future. So uh, you'll have to teach me your ways, my friend. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, as clean as it's ever been. I'll tell you, they have cleaned that place up and uh, less crowded, as you might expect. All right. Headlines. UFC fight night. Hall versus Strickland. Sean Strickland is 24 and three. This dude is an animal. Like if you're not on board and you're not a fan of the fighter, I mean, he's, he's the fighter's fighter, as Cody said to, to me in our pre-show meeting, right? I mean, Sean Strickland, ladies and gentlemen, right? Ken Flo, you got to enjoy watching this man compete. Just nonstop offense. Uh, I enjoyed the five-round performance. What would you think? He was not messing around, and I think it was a smart approach for him specifically because he was facing Uriah Hall, and, and that's not a knock on Uriah Hall, but – Um, Hall is a very dangerous and technical fighter. He likes space to create and move um, and feel comfortable. And Sean Strickland just took that away from him completely, just got in his face. That jab was firing. uh, And Uriah just really could never get his bearings during that fight due to that pressure, due to that jab. Um, And um, I, I thought it was a brilliant performance from Sean. And for Uriah, you know, he just, played right into his hands. It seemed like Uriah uh, started to turn it into a boxing fight, which was kind of what Sean Strickland uh, wanted. And um, I was really impressed with uh, Sean's pacing, with with that pressure, um, and his ability to just get nasty in there. 
So uh, this is a significant setback for uh, Uriah Hall. I won't overstate it and get Ken Flo mad at me off the top. I already exposed his entire residence to the world today. So, <laughs> But, you know, Michael Bisping said at the three-minute mark of round three, quote-unquote, I think he's broken. And certainly I know the general, Safe Saud, was happy with the heart exuded by his pupil here. Um, but obviously this fight did not go his way, and it's a major championship setback at his age with all due respect. You know, the winning streak was four, and it goes away. Um, any thoughts on Hall, the hard or otherwise in defeat over the weekend yeah listen i think that um a lot of other guys probably would have um maybe gone home um and, and kind of quit I, I think uriah hung in there however i do think there's a mental issue there with uriah where you know again he's so physically gifted um you know and of course that isn't um the only thing you need to be successful in mixed martial arts but um he wasn't letting his weapons go you know when I think of Uriah Hall and I think of Uriah Hall finishes, I think of kicks, right? I mean, everyone remembers those devastating knockouts on the Ultimate Fighter. They remember his spinning back kick of Gegard Mousasi. Yeah. You know, all, that, that is kind of those that, that has that weapon has been his signature move. How many how many kicks did he throw in that fight against Strickland? Three. Yeah, right. I mean, he, he did not throw many and. Um, again, I think he was a little gun shy to start, uh, and Strickland just took full advantage of that as well. So for Uriah, you know, I, I've always felt we've never seen him consistently give what he has as a fighter, and that has been the unfortunate thing. Um, and I, I think he is one of those guys that is tremendous in the gym, shows a lot of promise, always has, but at the highest levels, maybe we haven't seen the, the kind of fighter that he truly is. And it's not as though he's not putting in the time, right? It's just right. that it's not materializing on fight night, right? Uh, in a lot of respects uh, yeah. in these big spots. And certainly, again, it has been, right? And that's what got him up to this point. You know, he would have been roundly criticized had he not finished Anderson Silva, but he was able to get him out of there late in that fight and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, had a big opportunity, obviously, this weekend. And I think a lot of what was coming out of Uriah's mouth, uh, and Cody tells me he, he just turned 37 on July 31st, so this was his, uh, his 37th birthday. Um, yeah. But uh, I lost my train of thought there. I was going to say something really fucking thoughtful about that. <laughs> um, threw just two kicks in round one. Uh, wow. 16% leg strikes for uh, for Uriah Hall. So what are we doing with Sean Strickland? I don't have the middleweight top 15 in front of me because I scrambled to, uh, to come over to my mom's house today. Um, but what do you do with Sean Strickland? I think he's a, a super intriguing fighter. His training partners speak super high of him. Uh, what do you make of Sean Strickland and, and the ceiling, I guess, at 85? You know, listen, I, I think um, it's time for him to continue to fight tough guys. I, I think that he took full advantage of that main event spot, um, brought some notoriety to his name and some respect, and he's on an excellent win streak. I, I mean, give him another tough guy. Uh, he, he's a guy who's going to deliver an exciting fight either way. Um, you know, he's an interesting guy. He's a crazy guy. He just wants to go out there uh, and beat people up. It seems, um, yeah. so put him in there against another guy who's willing to do the same. I'm, well, I'm down. Well, fresh American blood in that middleweight division, yeah. Sean Strickland. All right. Good stuff there on, uh, on the main event in the nature of time, because I think Longo is going to be here in a few. And thanks to everybody on, uh, on the Anakin Florian podcast, short staff here for delaying the program today. So I could drive home from Orlando. Um, 
Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje, uh, sort of loosely announced, I guess, for later this year. Uh, perhaps it'll be November. Perhaps it will be Madison Square Garden. Uh, nothing resembling final word on that front, Ken Flo. But uh, do you have an early handicap on Chandler Gaethje? And uh, what are, I mean, it seemed like an eventuality that this fight was going to happen, right? Uh, I don't know if it was best kept secret because I don't know if contracts were signed or if they're still signed. But uh, right. that's a hell of a fight and a huge fight, obviously, at 55. It definitely is. It's a great fight. Um, I, I see both of those guys looking for the finish. Uh, I think it's going to be a crazy fight to start. Um, both those guys are kind of made for each other. So perhaps we see more than just one fight. I could see a, a lot of different scenarios going down. I do not want to give a prediction, uh, but I do not see that one going five rounds. I mean, if it go, if that's a five rounder, I, I don't see that one going five rounds. I think that, um, or, or even three rounds for that matter, if it's a three rounder, do they say whether right. it's a, a main event or co-main or anything like that? Uh, I, I don't believe it would be of the five round featured okay. bout co-main event category, but you never know. You right. never know. Either way, that's um, a sick fight. I mean, that's, that's a that's huge, a huge fight. And we're going to talk to Longo shortly because Aljamain Sterling intimated at a late October return, perhaps uh, in United Arab Emirates. So uh, I promise we're going to get back to some of the stuff from UFC fight night, but I'm trying to manage the clock like a radio producer here today. UFC 268 November Covington versus Usman 2 rumored to be the uh, headlining act. All right. So uh, T Wood is putting in the time. He's fighting Jake Paul in in this month of August here in 2021 in a boxing setting. I don't know if you've seen Mama Wood uh, helping T. Wood out. She's got the gal in the water. She is embedded in his training camp. Um, <laughs> do you know what the betting line is, Ken Flo, as it now stands on Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley? Oh, boy. Uh, well, I know that Paul was the favorite at one point. Yeah, he's still, he still slightly huh? minus 135, T. Wood plus 105. So it's closer. It's about, it, it, was, yeah. it was more. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, uh, any incentive for you to get involved? Are you just gonna root with your heart for T Wood and let it rest? I will root with my heart. Uh, I, 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 um, I'm, I'm hoping that T Wood goes out there and, and delivers, you know, one of his vintage performances. Um, I, I think for T Wood, it's going to be all about motivation. You know, the money's going to be there. It looks like he's going to make a, a, a good payday there. But I, I hope he is motivated to genuinely go out there and, and hurt the other guy. I, I think right, you have right, to have right. that in your mind. You, it's right. not just going out there. I want to put on a performance. I hope T Wood is out there to you know not only perform but really go out there and, and actually fight and, and want to hurt Jake Paul. I, I love when you go down. I know. I love when you talk like that, though, to, because you do have to be of that mentality, I think, in a lot of respects. You know, uh, even this weekend uh, in Orlando, we were in the elevator and my twin brother was telling the story about Ken Flo talking about throwing the elbows, opening up <laughs> the hand at the end to maximize the torque like the true nasty prick that is embedded within Kenny Florian. All I'll say is that August 28th, I'm going to be rooting for uh, the Woodley family and Tyron, obviously because of the, of the pre-existing re relationship, but there are human beings in this world uh, yeah. that I would be, uh, I would root, I'd be rooting for Jake Paul against certain people in this world is all I'm yeah. going to say. Certainly not in this matchup, but I wish Jake Paul nothing but the best in terms of his boxing endeavors. And I'm really curious to see what he has for T Wood. Um, I don't think I'm, I don't know if I can bet on it contractually. I'll have to ask Zach Candido and the boys if I'm actually allowed to bet on this fight. Uh, and if right. I am, 
you know, maybe we could go public here on the Anakin Florian podcast um, because I, like I do it. have an opinion and I will have a wager. Um, and I w- it won't necessarily be with my hat, which is right. obviously with with uh, with Tyron Woodley. So uh, <laughs> Brian Barbarina, who once walked out to that baby shark song that uh, <laughs> that I've listened to probably 501 times now because Barbarina walked out to it. But Brian Barbarina and Jason Witt. Your fight of the night on the main card at welterweight majority decision for Jason Witt, and as I understand it, this like this drew your wife back into mixed martial arts a little bit, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was it was just kind of on, uh, and she's like, "Hey, what's this? Watching this fight, and Witt's kind of doing well in the first round, and the second, and then Barbarina's just kind of surviving somehow, round after round, and in the third round, he comes roaring back." Uh, in what could have been, you know, one of the most epic comebacks, you know, on the level uh, of Dare, you know, uh, of Elkins, you know, right, uh, right. that kind of level of comeback, and he almost pulled it off, dude. Wit, you know, at one point gets his mouthpiece knocked off inside on the canvas as they're fighting. He just kind of he was so out of it that he just kind of casually reaches down to grab his mouth guard right, and pick it up right. and put it back in his mouth, and Barbarina kind of just watched it happen. But it, it was, I mean, it was crazy. It was one of those movie fights where you're like, if I, yeah. if you saw it in a movie, be like, this, this would never happen. Yeah, um, it does happen. It's rare, but it happens. Yeah. And Barbarina almost pulled it off, man. It was a crazy fight. Wit is tough as hell. Barbarina, of course, we know he's like Homer Simpson, tough right. as hell. Right, I uh, can't knock him out. But um, yeah. cool fight. You you invoked the name Darren Elkins, I think, did you not? I mean, how yeah. how do we pay pop proper respect exactly to Darren Elkins? It got me thinking, right? Like for yeah. what he did a couple of weeks ago and what he has perpetually done over the course of his career. Hopefully, he gets an award. Is there a World MMA award that we could give to Darren Elkins? There should be. You know, there should be. I don't or know just, if uh, it should be called the Elkins Award. Something right, like that. Right, like the comeback you, of the year. The comeback something. of the year right. should just be called the. Yeah. Uh, we could, hey, we yeah. can do it for the A and F podcast. We, you know what? That's what we're doing. That's why Ken Flo is the real, the, the real <laughs> brain behind this podcast. So I'm, I'm definitely not. This year, and we do have a change to the main event challenge scoring system, by the way, this week as well. But we will now have the uh, the Darren Elkins comeback of the year award. That feels like it kind of sells him short, though, because he's right. more than just a rallier. Like the Darren Elkins will come back and break you and then probably fucking kill you award or something, right? It's like um, – The Elkins Dull Taker Award, something like that? Yes, yeah. right. It yeah. has to – maybe it doesn't necessarily – you don't necessarily have to rally as much as you have to Robbie Lawler style take a man's soul away. <laughs> All right. Oh, Long go coming up in 60 seconds, but for a lot of professional athletes, fighters, podcasters, one of the biggest challenges is to build and monetize your own brand. Certainly if you're Floyd Money Mayweather or Jason Tatum, this doesn't necessarily apply. But for a lot of athletes to set up an e-commerce store or site with all sorts of logistics just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, that is where Millions comes in. This is a next level e-commerce platform. So strong, the concept and the people behind it uh, that I actually signed up myself. So whether you're an amateur athlete, pro public figure of any kind perhaps you just have a little podcast like this the millions platform allows you 
to, among other things, build a merchandise line with design help if you need it. If you got a guy like Cody Merrow, maybe you're good. Um, you can start selling online right away. Like I had one more sleep t-shirts on my page within 48 hours. You can get paid to do simple shout outs or more longer form, ask me anything videos, even run your own live watch party at Millions as well. Really is one-stop shopping in a lot of respects. And it is all completely free to sign up. I think I might've actually buried the lead there. Free to sign up. My profile is live right now. Kenfro probably going to start selling I Finish Fights t-shirts by the beginning of next week. Uh, but if you are a mixed martial arts fan, and I know most of you out there are, I would kindly encourage you to go check out Millions. They are on Instagram. Use the AMA, AMA shout-out feature or just pick up some merchandise. And if your favorite fighter is not on there yet, tag them on Instagram and let them know. That's millions.co. And we shout out the entire team at Millions for sponsoring this week's episode of the Anik and Florian podcast. All right, let's get to Ray Longo. It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Hey, there he is with sweat on the forehead. 4.04 p.m. Eastern. Just got done what? Working out. What am I doing? <laughs> you changed the time. He was right. He's not even Joe. He said he was joking. I was there at 11. Talking my way through. Don't even. Don't even. A hundred percent. Don't even. Don't do this to me. Talking, I go, I guess a blank screen, but I'm not sure. <laughs> hey. He's sitting there looking at his computer by himself for hours, twiddling his I, thumbs. I miss you guys. We always miss you. Don't even play with me. Please tell me you no. weren't there at 11 a.m. waiting I for was, us. I, I wasn't there. All right. Good. There's All a right. live stream sure. on his OnlyFans. There is a decent man inside here, if you can believe no, no, it. I just want to make sure. I think All I'm right. going to cut it back to too much. Yeah joking around kenny you know what i mean we got to get serious <laughs> no i'm happy for you man john anik personality yeah kenny you know who i'm voting for laura sanko but <laughs> i can't control myself kenny <laughs> uh, hey i mean my twin brother voted how could you get past those blue eyes come on man you're in very hot competition it's tough my identical twin brother voted for Sanko as well. Okay. Yeah, so it's between Sanko and you know, Anik. But hey, listen, yeah. I'm right or die. I'm all with you. I don't My care. man. Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah. So uh did you just get done just working out yourself, training somebody else? Uh together, right? Me and uh Jenny Nadell we we work out every all day right. from like all two right. to four thirty. So all I right. cut it short. All right. Um, so and again, I don't want to bog this down with details, but like when I write to you, hey, can you do 4 p.m. on Monday? You can always write to me. Hey, how about 4.30 when I get done working out with Jenny nah, and then Kenny and I? Well, I'm just saying, though, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying this to be funny. You do happen to be the star of the show or at the very <laughs> least, if you're not the star of the yeah, show, uh, your approval rating is higher than any of the personalities on this show. So uh, if you need 4.30, if you need – and with that being said, man, I re- this I really take serious. I want to thank everybody who reached out about my father-in-law past. I mean, I really got some beautiful uh, tweets and stuff. And sometimes if I don't get back to you, I just I appreciate everything. Very grateful for everything with that. That's that's definitely no joke, you know. And and just a word on my father-in-law, just a great guy. And both of my wife's parents. I mean, I might have not agreed with them, but they both immigrated from Cuba. In like '62, I think, and I might not agree with them, but man, I couldn't respect people more than that. Man, they had a business, they had buildings over there, they got stripped of everything. Wow. They came here, they worked their asses off, they made a beautiful life for their kids, and 
that's why like when I'm talking somebody's kneeling and all this other bullshit, I go a little nutty because I know what it's like when I listen to those stories about just and I'm not against protesting, but I just think there's a time and a place for everything. And I watch these people really break their ass and start from nothing. I mean, you hear the stories about just getting over here. It was crazy. And you could listen to even like Jorge Masvidal. You know, these people want to be freed at this point. You know what I mean? It's not about anything else other than, you know, they got sold a bill of goods back then. And it's just people ran for their lives and people had a lot of money and stuff. And I think once you listen to those people, you're so much more grateful for what we have here. And I just think there's a different way of doing it. And that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, so, no, you know, I, I listen to it. Yeah. But, oh, but I don't want to start off like that. Let's go. Back no, to hey, of course. No, well, no, 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 no. Um, yeah. What was what was his name? Uh, Louis Aslan. Well, our thoughts, condolences with your wife, of course, and your daughters and the entire uh, Longo family. But, yeah, hopefully our Anakin Florian podcast family was heard from uh, on that front. Um, All right. Now I'm going to go back to to being a dick. You know, I just always find people's interpretation of time very interesting, Ken Flo. Right. Um, You know, like four to four p.m. Eastern, you just show up four oh four, you know. Yeah, I guess if you're the star of the show, I mean, my interpretation, anything <laughs> under 10 minutes is acceptable. Okay. Right. So it is, it is interesting. Right. Yeah. Um, cause, uh, I was talking to my suit guy, Mark Russell, and he had Gilbert Burns scheduled for a two 15 PM Eastern appointment on a Monday and Gilbert showed up two 15 PM Eastern sharp, but on Tuesday, I said, right, that's, right. Uh, that's Brazilian time redefined. Oh, you know? Anybody who's dealt with the Brazilians knows that. I mean, <laughs> I remember a guy telling me he was supposed to meet Noguera at like 6 p.m. The guy showed up 1130 at night. So I'm not bashing Noguera, but I'm saying it's it's per, the Brazilian time is definitely real. Yeah. Right. I feel like I just need to just widen my tolerance scope for uh when it comes to tardiness. So, uh, so did Cody send you a one cent check for merchandise? Or, I mean, what, or, no. what is that? I mean, what, what is, is that? that about? Just like, I said, look, I set my PayPal up. He said, all right, great. <laughs> money. I, I just sent the money. I go there, I go, did he tell you what I wrote to him? I said, who do I stab for this? <laughs> Are you guys, what, what is that? One penny. I go, man, these guys are relentless. <laughs> these guys are freaking relentless. I go, it's the shit never stops. But hey, no. thank you very much for that, though. That was uh, that was good. No, yeah. well, I, I can't wait. So I'm not going to tell people if the uh, if it was like two figures or three, four, five figure check or PayPal yeah, no, business. However, these guys no, no, with the really Merrill marketing did their transaction. Oh, Kemplo and I were not a part of it. I'm just telling you, yeah. the next check. Uh, is going to be fatter, man, because it's amazing to me. Uh, it's like, can we sell any non-Longo shirts, folks? Just make, make, sure you guys, you got, make sure you guys are eating a little something, too, because I'm not that guy. So. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks. We'll, I, mean, we'll I, bust, sure. I bust balls, but at the end of the day, I, I love yeah. you guys. So it's right. all good. Well, we love you, too. So, uh, all right. So a few things to get to with you. If I'm not mistaken, uh, the, the three amigos are back from Georgia at this point. Oh, huh? yes. Safe and uh, sound. Thankfully, I was with Marab last night. He looks great. Uh, Al said it was relentless. He said it was they didn't sit for one second. He said it was almost like a job. He said it was crazy, but they had a great time. What a beautiful country that looks like. Oh, yeah. Scenery was great. Uh, Guys are riding horses. I mean, it was, you know, uh, you know, I'm a Rob did ask me to go, which is that's the type of guy he is. But I said, I'll just everybody down it's just not even right to you guys but i would love to get there someday and you know experience that so 
They look got, they had a great season. Those guys, no. those guys are great, man. It's awesome. No, and you did feel like not that you went to Georgia, but you could sort of live vicariously through uh, their tribulations, if you will, right? Like I yeah. actually was doing my best Marab Dwalish Willie impersonation in the uh, in the wave pool at the yeah. hotel oh, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, if you didn't see the video yeah, yeah, of yeah, UFC yeah, Bantamweight yeah. contender Marab Dwalish Willie swimming into a waterfall. Uh, with all this resistance, you know, the poor Americans are going, getting dusted, right? And yeah, the yeah, Georgian yeah, yeah, yeah. Marab is just swimming right through this goddamn waterfall. Ken Floyd, did you see this? I, incredible. No, I, I thought you were talking about the time he, he dove right into like a branch and oh, it like yeah. split his head open. It's, please don't do yeah. that. That's what I thought you were talking about. I did not see yeah, that a waterfall lawsuit. video yet. Yeah, there's a lawsuit. The branch is suing him. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Ray, you saw the video that I'm speaking oh, 100%. of. 100%. And I'll tell you, you know, Al's a surfer. He's Al's grown up in the water. He lives on the water. Yeah. And so if he's not keeping yeah. up with Marab, that was impressive because Al can swim. Yeah. Here's the video. We're rolling oh, it we in go. right here. So I was actually trying to imitate this in a wave pool or a lazy river. I found a pretty good current. But yeah, so you see, Marab is like eating the fucking water flow. You see that? Dang, yeah. dude. This feels like the Joe Rogan experience rolling in all this video. I don't know what to do with myself. This is too <laughs> yeah, exciting. This, this is, is too much. This is what we need. We got to go to the oh video so often. I love it. You guys Cody are seems pretty mood today. I love it. Cody Shipper. seems pretty pretty confident that uh, that uh, Marab is not going to uh, get us in trouble for posting that. Chipper, we seem chipper today. Yeah, um, very Well, there are myriad reasons why we're chipper i'm so happy to not be at walt disney world right now because that's what i was yesterday it's not about the money many years spent many years years. john many years but i do think for the kids it's it's absolutely phenomenal it's a it was was anyway you know yeah i mean this is not a podcast bit the complaining though i mean it is warfare whether it's 100 degrees or not it's it is you mentally get yourself ready for 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 walt disney world Um, no 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 you gotta prepare yourself man and of course mickey mouse was a fucking no show Minnie, donald daisy nowhere we found goofy pluto Tigger was yeah. there, uh, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet, but you know, my son Hunter is three and uh, he's literally red as a tomato looking at me like, dad, can you get me to an air conditioned facility wow. and, or can I see Mickey baby? The Santa, you guys, you had Sanhagen winning that fight. Oh no? yeah. So yes. I, mean, I yes. never got to talk about, I thought that was an easy fight to score. I mean, he pot shot it and picked. I do. I picked him apart, really. I mean, hats off to TJ for a two-year layoff, but that's about yeah. it, man. And you know, thumbs down to DC for his what? What was he calling? Like, the, you got to give the guy credit for getting to his back and doing nothing. Like, I don't even know what I was listening to. You know, yeah, I, 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 mean, uh, I thought Sanhagen. Yeah, I had Sanhagen as well, man. And you know what? More than anything, and this is going to sound weird, you know the guy thought he was winning. He never thought he was desperate to get anything. I think right. that's how that fight was going. He just thought he was doing his thing, and so did I. But um, I'm so I'm a little blown away by that. We're going to stay on this fight for a second yeah. with you. When you're driving to the gym, what do you listen to? Uh, music selection. Okay. Well, I know you don't listen to. I put on an audible book. You know, if I'm listening to, uh, it'll always be something. But you've never listened back to a single one of the 300 episodes that the three of us have done (laughs) together, correct? 
Uh, that would be correct, yeah. <laughs> so, well, no, and that's fine. Because no, I, so, I did ask Cody, though. I go, who those guys? Just out of curiosity, they tell me they didn't have tees. No, no, they both thought San Diego won. That was yes. the extent yeah. of that conversation. Yeah. The only reason I ask you that is because we talked about open scoring, and I know we've talked to you about yeah. that in the past, but you just said, oh, you said Corey Sanhagen, you know, certainly thought he was winning going into round five and going into the scorecards, and it's like, well, I mean, you ain't going to find him making that excuse. I mean, you can't rest on what you think is a four-round lead. Right, you know? but the point, I think my point, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving this much thought, but the guy thinks he's winning, and I think he's winning, he looks up and he's losing. Then he has to get a little frantic or desperate. He could walk into I something. Know. I know. You're That's right. That's the issue. That's the issue to me. The, the first, the scoring was wrong, period. And it was, and look, I like Macy Barber. I like Miranda Maverick. I mean, I don't That was an easy that fight was bad to score. Too. Yeah. That was just easy. It's not, and Macy had a great third round. It has nothing to do with anything. Sure. You know what I mean? But that was a 29-28 easy fight to score. If they can't get that fight right, then we got, you know, I don't want to start beating that drum again, but uh, I don't know. That's why I say I look up and I'm Corey Sanhagen. I might have a, a, a freaking conniption. I mean, like, you got to be kidding me. You know what I mean? That's the issue is that why make that guy come out of his, you know, his game plan or whatever he was doing because somebody, you know, yeah, it gives him a shot, but. With that shot, he has to change things and something. No, I know. I agree, uh, Kenny. I, you're the fighter, right? Like you don't. You're. Yeah, a, you you don't want to have to like pivot in the fifth round all of a sudden in yeah. desperation mode because the right. So open scoring, I would think it's a fighter. It's like, oh, you're changing the sport up on me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, listen. I think it would be nice to know, but yeah, you would. It would change the sport dramatically. Like Ray said. Um, those are the kind of the consequences that you could you could find yourself in. It's like okay, now in going for it, you just got your head taken off, you know. Right. Um, you didn't need to. So, yeah. If if the judges are doing their job, there's no need for the open scoring. That was a win for Sanhagen, um, yeah. and um, it, it's unfortunate. And, and it, the crazy part is, then you go back and look at the scorecards. Nobody even has the rounds right, like that they all agreed on. So we're in. Yeah. We're, we got problems, man. I. I that fight, look, the Macy Barber fight with uh, Maverick, I think, was easy. That there's no excuse for. This one maybe right. could be a little tricky, you know, if you want to give him control time. But he really did nothing, even in the first round, if Corey right. doesn't. I mean, if there's a takeaway for Corey. And, look, I think this is what he learned from Aljo. Not exactly, but he's got to get frantic on those takedowns. And I think he did this time a little better. Aljo relaxed. I remember going over that fight. I go, Aljo, this guy's going to relax if you get him down. And. Aljo's the worst guy to do that with. Like, if you're not planning to get right up, you could be in a serious problem. And I think he did a better job at that, but he went for a couple of things that probably in hindsight, you know, all right, but it's not what the other guy did. It's what he shouldn't have done. You know what I mean? And I, I just thought it was, I thought that was an easy fight to score. I'm not yeah. kidding. I really did. It seemed like Habib Nurmagomedov tweeted about a potential future fight in Russia between Piotr Jan and TJ Dillashaw. Would you at least agree as the man who corners the UFC undisputed Bantamweight champion that having Dillashaw back in the mix is uh, – is, I know where you stand on the on – the no, But having him in the mix, big fights yeah. for Aljo and everybody else, right? Yes, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah. I All definitely right. agree with that. All right. uh, speaking of the undisputed UFC Bantamweight champion, Aljamain Sterling – I mean, are you going to Abu Dhabi? Is that is that what I'm hearing? I mean, I certainly don't have this date on my calendar. I mean, what, what? 
Uh, as of right now, the answer is yes. Wow. Breaking news uh, on the Anakin Brown podcast. My, uh, my October is crazy right now. So, yeah. So Halloween and a costume will not be at the forefront of your mind is what you're telling us. That will definitely not be at the forefront of my mind. All right. All right. As long as they don't put those clown shoes and the, and the you know the triple XL T shirt on, Ray. Then, oh, yeah, that thing might do. Yeah, then I am dressed for Halloween. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a really good point. I was thinking Luigi. I think you grow a real mustache. You go Luigi. Use my costume hey. from last year. Yeah, just up. Now, you, now, you you're, now you you're go. slandering the Italians. Nice. Now you got to have all of them after you. All right. Banging on the Brazilians <laughs> earlier. It's been a good day. <laughs> I actually did kind of get canceled. I can't get into it, but uh, it was not a good week in the Anik household for my uh, – I'll just leave it at that. Uh, all right. So um, I have a few other things with you, Ray. Um Let's if I could go. have maybe six or eight more minutes of your time. Yeah. You got a lot of media gigs going on right now, don't you? Oh, a lot of media mogul stuff going on. Crazy. Um, before I get to UFC 265, I guess this is a more somber note, and I don't know the exact up to the minute details. Um, and I don't know if there was, uh, you know, if there's uh, medical blame to be cast, but it looks as though maybe Chris Weidman is going to need another procedure on his leg, and it could happen as soon as uh, ten days from now or so. Do you have anything for us on that? I have nothing. I just all I did is social media. I, I do have to. I owe him a phone call. I think I saw he called on Saturday. Uh, I just been running around with with everything that went on. So I'll, I will get back to him though and give you an update on that. But yeah, he knew that. A couple of weeks ago, he right, told me that, that. There like, might be. that's where he was heading, you know. So I don't think it's a complete surprise, but uh, only he knows what transpired. Yeah. So, Ray, you don't know you don't know if that's because of um, the initial surgery went wrong or if that's just kind of the nature of things that happened that way. It wasn't because he was walking on his leg or anything like that. Did do you know any reasons why they have to do it again? I that I don't know. Okay. I really don't. I do I know. know. I think, and I, then he, yeah. then he think, I think he did tell me, but I really I can't, you know, I, I think he was mad with the doctors at one point, but I, I don't know that for sure. OK, like, yeah. Yeah. Reading comprehension, Kenny, was never my strong yeah. suit, but I was I believe I was able to glean that that this wasn't anything that resulted of that and that I think he did know a couple weeks ago that maybe there was going to have to be this uh, fibula procedure done. Um, but at least the fibula, I can tell our audience, is healing suboptimally, and that is unfortunate. So um, right. setback might be too strong a word, but that part isn't healing the way it is. And I did see a headline, I believe, from the great Dr. David Abbasi, who I know listens to the Anakin Florian podcast and who has looked at my knees. Uh, I thought I saw a headline from him with a question like, is there medical blame to be levied? But I really was trying to disengaged from social media this weekend and uh, hang out with Mickey Mouse. So I, I don't know exactly, but I would encourage you to check out uh, the doctor's uh, Instagram channel because I think there will be further explanation there. Um, all right. So Amanda Nunes is out of her uh, – I know as I sit here, you know, I was just yeah. at a hotel without a mask on at Disney World a couple of days after there were 21,000 new COVID-19 cases in the state of Florida, you know, so I mean if you judge me if you will whatever, but Amanda Nunez COVID-19 not defending against Juliana Pena. I don't know if she's symptomatic. I don't believe she is, but man, we're supposed to have the GOAT competing this weekend. We're down yeah. to one title fight. You see that, Raymond? Yes, I did. On very unfortunate, but like you say, I know Florida is soaring and uh Yeah. 
I just hope it doesn't. It, New York's going up too, but I hopefully we get it under control a little bit. But yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. you know. I feel like I'm immune to it because I had it, but I could be wrong. I might have to get the vaccine. So, no, I had some spirited conversations with my brother about it uh, over the weekend. Uh, all right, interim heavyweight title fight, Seattle gone. Big favorite here, Ray against. Uh, what do you think about this against Derek the Black Beast Lewis? You know, look, so far he's been a very patient, accurate striker. He doesn't overextend himself. Uh, I, I, I don't think he should be a big favorite because Derek Lewis can get anybody out of there at any given point in time. But I think with, uh, you know, Gon's, uh, you know, kickboxing background, he'll be able to, you know, probably pick him apart a little bit. And he doesn't have to worry maybe about the wrestling. But uh, I don't know about a big favorite, but I think he should be the favorite. Okay. All right. Two more questions. Buy or sell the New York Mets win the National League East? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's not the question. Buy or sell the crowd in Houston will have an impact either positively or negatively on Derek Lewis and what happens on Saturday night. Now you're making me. I forgot about that. I think because I will have an impact on him. Because be, given my job, right, as the right. play-by-play announcer for the UFC, right, like I'm still a fan at my core. So I still right. wonder aloud about that variable. But so I'm asking you in part selfishly, like am I thinking about that angle too much, you know, that it could work for him and against him. But I think it could be a factor. Am I crazy? Like am I fucking no. crazy? No, you're not crazy. No, I think that that's always big. I know when Chris Ford at the uh, – yeah, against Gastelum. I mean, you know, he was on a, a losing streak, and, you know, he did get dropped in the first round, but he came back and won that fight. And I'm going to say to crowd, you know, that that ambiance, you were there. If that doesn't help you, uh, that's a problem. It definitely didn't hurt him, for sure. So, yeah. you know, Derek, you know, look, like, again, look at the guys he's gotten out of there. He's, you know, he, he can hit. He's got the power. Uh, yeah, maybe that crowd gives him a little, little boost if he's running, you know, if he needs to – you know, pull something out of his hat. I, I, I put a lot of emphasis on that. I think you're right on the money with that. You think Michael Chiesa has anything for, for Vicente Luque this weekend? Luque is uh, the slight favorite. Ken, like, don't say a thing. I like I like Chiesa a lot. Yeah, yeah. I like. He's a tough yeah. guy. I think yeah. he's grown as a fighter. I think there's a pretty. I think this is a good fight for him. I think he'll find a way to get it to the floor. And I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I look. I'm never going to say a bad word about Chiesa. I actually love the guy. So he's a yeah. great guy. So. Yeah. And we know you're a loyalist at your core. No, That's yeah, why you so keep I'm not even remotely. That guy's a good dude. And yeah, um, and I, I think Vincente Luco, I don't know him, but he seems like a great guy. I've been in the locker room with him, but my, my, I go with Chiesa any day. You just fucking week. destroyed his name, but Vincente Luque. Luque. Close yeah. enough. First, really like Vincento. He turns Lockett. everybody into an Italian. Crazy. Oh, wow. I'm just messing with you. I'm just trying I to mess with you on the way out. I, and I originally I thought it was Vincenzo, Vincenzo yeah, yeah, Luca. Yeah, right, See, right, turns yeah. everybody into an Italian. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, last thing, Ray. So Kenny sometimes sort of talks about you know like hurting the other guy as a as a mentality on this podcast, right? And yeah, um, you know, Kenny in many of his fights fought in a very violent way. Um, and Sean Strickland fights in a very violent, aesthetically for me, pleasing way. Um, what'd you think of Sean Strickland? Did you watch the main event? I did watch the main event. Yeah, he did. Uh, like, does he look like an elite middleweight to you? Like, uh, I mean, 
He's a gamer, man. He had a great jab. He was yeah. able to out jab a guy who's got some speed. So uh wasn't a good look for Uriah Hall. I think, right. 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 I, think, I think Strickland's a tough dude. Yeah, I think he's uh yeah, I think that was a great fight for him. But yeah, it was I mean, for and I and I think I did pick it up in like the third round because I was I was out that night. But uh it's just perfect use of the jab. He was calm, cool, collective, and he he shut down a guy that's got a pretty good offense and that's got there's got to be something to say about that i think he's you know uh, an elite they, they got to just jump him up at this point yeah yeah i think so too you know i mean that was a great test you know he's, he yeah. passed that test i mean i what what was that 50 45 i mean he I just i think there was a 50 to 44 in there if yeah, i'm not I mean, mistaken there 50 I, 44 50 45 and a 49 46 and I would have thought that was a great fight for Uriah Hall. I, I don't know. I, you know, it was like in the third or fourth round. I didn't even know what I was looking at, but right. he definitely got out jabbed. And I don't know, Kenny, what, yeah. I don't know what you saw in that. Yeah. Fight. I mean, I, I didn't think he really showed up as well. And again, it, yeah. it's partly because of Strickland maybe as well, but yeah, sure. to me, Uriah just w- wasn't letting his hands go. And mentally he seemed like a defeated man to start that first round, but I don't know. Yeah, it just it just wasn't a good. I when I picked it up in like the third round, it just wasn't a good look. But hats off to Strickland. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see him with somebody else at this point. But as far as building a guy up, that was a great fight to get five rounds under your belt. You know, you can go five rounds. And again, I mean, he didn't. I think the reach advantage was with Uriah Hall, and he just got out jabbed. And guy looked like he was another day of sparring. He looked really. He did look good. Yeah. All right, New York accent seminars with Ray Longo. In, uh, sorry, oh boy! Oh yeah, he's man, he's he's oh. Oh, he's on fire. Sorry, no, I got to not write material. Gotta, it works out better when I just add. I just I was just oh gonna boy. say you know. Wow. Sorry. You hit the plunger today. What are you doing? No, I just I <laughs> oh, drove back from Orlando. Not. I wish. Yeah, really. I am out cold. I am dry Make as a bone, as they say. There. No, dry as a bone. Sober dry October. Bone. Sober <laughs> October. It's fucking Maybe August second. We got to keep you sober more. I love it. I was gonna say if you New York accent seminars with Ray Longo in Abu Dhabi in late October. If you're interested, stay tuned to the Anakin Flory podcast. But I couldn't, you know, get <laughs> through the joke. Kenny, he's on something. No, this is impo- no. this is impossible. I swear to you. What it is? I demand a blood test right after this podcast. Like, come it on. I'll tell you. I mean, my eyes. I'll look right into look the at you. You're like a new man. I'm not a Disney World, bro. Yeah. I mean, I know you took your daughters. Times. It, 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 I mean, right. It sounds like yeah. you took your daughters to Disney World like six times a year, like dad of the year type stuff. No, back not in the day. Left his yeah, fuel but, back in Orlando is what happened. Yeah, that's no, they, right. had to, they had to drag me around the park. Trust me. but uh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the trams are down. There's a lot of walking. My left oh, arm from wow. holding my my left arm felt like I was going to fall off. But people don't want to hear that. You know, we have yeah. military men and women who listen to this podcast and they listen to me say, oh, I was holding my son at Disney World and my arm felt like it was going to fall off. And they just they move on to the next podcast. You know? <laughs> yeah, cute story, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, Ray, we love you. Thank you for right. the uh, extended time. And sorry to Jenny Nadell and everybody else for cutting into your uh, your workout. It's okay. We make up for it tomorrow, man. Running water never goes stale, buddy. We just keep moving. Oh. All right. Well, hey, you need anything. 508, you know the rest, all right? I got you, man. I might be down there soon. All right. Keep me posted. Nice to see you. What a room. Sounds good.
Right, Whatever you need, man. Back. Whatever we oh, owe you. Building up this podcast single-handedly, the Ray Longo Minute every <laughs> week here. I want to take on this the on the Come on. Can we take well, it I, does it, does that mean financially? What do you mean by that exactly? Listenership? Well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Listenership. I, I know our loyalists wonder why why wonder why there are not more YouTube subscribers. I'm just focused on the content. I, my daughter just went to a code ninjas camp to become a YouTuber is YouTube camp. She doesn't like being called a ninja for whatever reason. Right. But she just went to YouTube camp and now she can, you know, post videos and she's a YouTuber. She's more qualified on that website than I am. Like I lean on Cody. I can't post to the Anakin Florian podcast channel. I have, uh, I have no idea how to, how yeah, to do that. And if you have no idea, I completely have no idea. <laughs> so right. I'm, but so I'm, she is doing the YouTube thing and she's like, oh, I got, you know, a few likes or whatever. I'm like, babe, focus on the content. The rest will take care of itself. I'm a content yeah. guy. I don't know what to tell you if you want more. You know, <laughs> they, 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 I don't know what the next level is, you know, but I'm not going to start booking high profile fighters to do numbers because I interview enough fighters. Oh, I, I said it. All right. We got to go. Love you. Right. Love you. Take it Love easy, you guys. Right. Love you. So you may have heard UFC 265 is this weekend, and DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering up 100 to 1 odds on a punch being landed during the main event. All you need to do is pick either main event fighter, Derek Lewis or Seattle Gone. Who do you think will win? And DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds if a punch successfully lands during the main event. That is right. Bet $1 on either main event fighter. And if a punch lands during the main event by either guy, you will cash $100 in free credits. There are no fans in sports quite like MMA fans. I have said that before, but why not put knowledge like you have to the test? As I like to say, put your money where your social media mouth is at DraftKings Sportsbook. And DraftKings, of course, has plenty of other offerings as well if you don't bet on mixed martial arts. Great odds and so many promotions on baseball and the games in Tokyo that are going on right now as well. I can also assure you DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So don't miss out on all the action at UFC 265 with DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code ANIC when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits when you bet on either main event fighter to win and the punch is landed. That's code ANIC, A-N-I-K, to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, let us get to the selections. It's the main event challenge. ANIC. The time is most definitely Florian. I finished fights! I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Oh, nothing like a main event challenge during a pay-per-view week, as we call on the Duck Ian Parker, father of two. It's good to see him, my man. How are you? Oh, big sip IP. Exhausted. Yeah. Parenting yeah. is no joke. Yeah, after a real strong week. After a real strong week of picks, I need a nice slug of uh, water to get back into the mix. My God, I don't think I could have – I couldn't have hit water if I thought of a boat this past weekend. Thank God I for will, a different uh, organization we won't name on the show, but let's go. Oh, we will mention the <laughs> PFL all day long. All I wasn't day talking long. about that one. I'm talking about oh. a different one, but that's cool oh, too. You're talking about uh, one fighting championship or uh, Bellator? <laughs> yeah. All those yeah. MMA motions. It, it rhymes with Schmelator. Thank God I got those picks right. 
All chasing the combat sports later. UFC 265, Lewis versus Gone, coming up this weekend live on pay-per-view. <laughs> Prelims prior on ESPN2. We have five selections for you today. And a new rule, as I teased earlier, to the main event challenge. For all 12 pay-per-view cards, we are going to ask for a round and a method of victory for the featured bout. Because oftentimes you have a pay-per-view triple header. I felt like Michael Chiesa Vicente Luque was big enough. And for selfish reasons, I want to know exactly where you guys stand going into the call this weekend. Ian sort of was like interesting, but your lead's big enough, right? Yeah. So, I mean, IP, your lead's big enough. It really don't matter. I'm not even. I'm not even giving out the standings. They're on the bottom ticker. If you want to see them, that's where they reside. Yeah, I. I, I mean, if this is for Kenny to try and earn extra points, ha- have at it, bro. It's not. It's not. I can say. All right. Yeah, I'll lose extra points. I don't know if there's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, we're doing it. All right. So the lead is still 20 points because most of that fight card got wiped away, at least in terms of our main event challenge. And both of these guys, I believe, were on Uriah Hall. This week, we will begin in the bantamweight division. Songya Dong and Casey Kenny. DraftKings Sportsbook odds minus 110 on both sides here, IP. So Dominic Cruz ended Casey Kenny's three fight winning streak. That was back in March at UFC 259. Same night. Night that Song Yudong lost to Kyler Phillips. Pick and fight here. What do you think, Ian? Which way are you going? <clears throat> I'm going to roll with Casey Kenny here. I think what we saw out of Song Yudong is doesn't do well with pressure. His cardio kind of fades if he gets pushed to a pace that he's not comfortable with. And he kind of waits too much on the counter striking, and Kenny will push that on him. Uh, so I'm going to go with Casey Kenny here. Ken Flo, that loss to Kyler Phillips drops Song Yudong from the rankings at 135 pounds. How do you think this one goes between him and Casey Kenny? Yeah, listen, I think that was a great fight for Casey Kenny to look at and study. I also think he had a really tough matchup in his last fight, obviously, against Dominic Cruz. Um, and uh, I think Casey's going to make the right adjustments. He's going to bring that pressure back to Song Yudong, uh, put him on his back, mix things up get enough respect with his striking, uh, and and win a fight that way. All right, next one on the main card. This is the new bout order, at least as it stands right now. A strawweight strawweight rematch here, excuse me. Also close on paper, Tisha Torres, minus 130. Angela Hill, plus 110. Kenflo is going to lead us off here. So you got the 18th UFC appearance for Angela Hill. Fought Tisha Torres in what was her second UFC bout all the way back in 2015. It was a win for Tisha Torres that night. So Hill, you you know the story. Largely, it's about the super active nature of her schedule fought four times last year this will be her second fight of this year and on the other side tisha torres can flow i think she might have figured things out she's won two in a row big fight here at 115 pounds which way does it go yeah this is an interesting fight i, I think you know both of these women have the ability to throw off in, in the other fighter um i do think however that tisha being a little bit cleaner of a striker uh, and being difficult to take down, I, I think it's going to be tough for Angela uh, to win the fight. I, I think that it, it could be close uh, each round, uh, but I do like Tisha here. I, I think that um, she's going to be able to keep it on the feet for the most part. I think she's going to be a little sharper um, on the feet. I think she'll be able to use her kicks to keep Angela off balance um, and kind of prevent her from landing a lot of those combinations that she likes to throw. So um, I like Tisha here. Ian Parker, the Fall River, Massachusetts-born Tisha Torres, dropped four in a row in 2018 and 2019, now trying to win three in a row. 
And when I say figured it out, I just think in terms of her competition sense, I think the pandemic sort of helped her being in an arena with pro fights and no fans kind of helped her. Obviously, she's going to have fans here. I think she might have even in her last fight, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, clean is a good word that Ken Flo used. Hill, I think her current form, probably the best of her career. Dying to see which way you're going, IP. I think I'm going to roll with Kenny on this one. I think Tisha had just has more tools to win. I, I like her also in the clinch. I like that she can bring the fight to the floor. And if she's puts uh, Angela on her back, she's got good control. She's good with positioning. She won't go for anything that will compromise that. So I, I do like Tisha here. And to your point, I think what we've seen in her last performance was the most complete, confident performance in Tisha Torres's career. So if any time to take her with these type of odds, I believe now is the time. All right, yeah, confidence probably the word that eluded me there. All right, featured bout at 170 pounds. Vicente Luque, minus 140. Michael Chiesa, plus 120. A little background. Uh, Luque, I mean, is he the most underappreciated welterweight on the roster? He's won 9 of 10, only lost in four years, came on points to Stephen Thompson. Last fight earned his seventh UFC bonus by submitting Tyron Woodley with a Bravo choke in round one. Chiesa on the other side, Ian has won four in a row to vault to number five in the world. He's a tough matchup for a lot of guys in this division. I think he's a tough matchup for Vicente Luque. How do you handicap this feature bout here at 170 pounds? Well, true story, Vicente, Vicente Luque actually applied to be a trainer at my Orange Theory gym a few years ago. How and about that? I, uh, he did not get hired, and I think that was the best thing that ever happened to him. Um, big difference. Wait a second. Wait a second. I, I got to – I mean, I'm a journalist at heart. It's a true story. I have to follow up. Why, why did he not get hired? Was it a visa <laughs> issue? I mean, he was born in New Jersey. What's going on? You guys are nah, tough. you know what? Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't really know the, uh, the head trainer. Right, the That's below. See, that's below Ian owned the place, no, sold it. I did, but hold on, hold on. I that's also, below I your pay grade. Front desk. I sold memberships. I was cleaning the toilets. I listen. I was the janitor all the way to the CEO. I did it all. But when you, when you give people opportunity, you got to put them in a position of power. When I saw him walk in, I go, Oh, he was on the ultimate fighter. And then he walked out. I go, so when's he start? And the studio manager was like, Oh no, we didn't hire him. I go, that's great. I hope he becomes UFC champ one day and he comes back and he kicks our asses. Um, <laughs> we're a legit story. True story. Um, or, or someone who looked like him who had the same name. Anyway, I'm going to go with Kiesa here at the value of being an underdog on top of that. Uh, I just think that Kiesa's pressure here, especially against the cage, I think this is a guy who knows exactly who he is and is not going to stray away from it. And listen, Luke is dangerous on the ground, but he just likes to fight. He likes to brawl. And we've seen his striking come a long, long way. But Kiesa's just going to close that gap too quickly. And especially at dog odds, I, I like Kiesa here. You got it. Uh, all right, Kemflo, what do you think? Yeah, listen, uh, I think this is a tough fight for Vincente Luque, um, and, uh, but I do think it can go either way. I, I think that Chiesa could pose a lot of problems uh, for Luque, obviously in the clinch with his takedown game. Um, I'm, hoping, uh, I'm hoping that Luque uh, learned a lot um, from some of Chiesa's last fights and is going to look for ways to break out of the clinch and not engage Chiesa there. I think if you're able to, you know, get Chiesa to chase you without, you know, him getting to that clinch position, I think Kiesa sometimes gets a little impatient and can get caught on the feet. Uh, so I think for Luque, he's got to he's got to fight smart. When he when he sees the opening, he has to bring that killer instinct to play. But um, uh, he he has to be able to break out of that clinch competently. And I think that that first round is going to tell us a lot. Um, I will go with Luque here. I, I need the points. I I think he's uh, the, the better striker. 
Um, and I, I think is going to have to his wrestling is going to have to be on point, though. All right. How's he win? Oh, sorry. Uh, let's go decision. It's quite all right. All right. Vicente Luque on one side. Yes, on the other. Very interesting. Very interesting. All right. Co-main event. It'll be the men and not the women at 135 pounds here. Jose Aldo minus 135. Pedro Munoz plus 115. Ian, we'll have you lead here and then Ken Flo on the main event. So Munoz needed to win his last time out. Got it against Jimmy Rivera. That was back in February. Aldo is also on a winning streak now. Decisioned Marlon Chito Vera. That was all the way back December 19 of 2020. Ian Parker, who wins the co-main event and how do they get it done? I'm going with Pedro here at Dog Odds. I just think that in regards to with Aldo, that last fight, Cheeto just didn't fight like the crazy Cheeto we want. We always talk about that with Cheeto. I think it was more about his hesitancy than how good Aldo looked. It's also amazing that Aldo is younger than TJ Dillashaw. I heard that stat a couple of weeks ago. I mean, that guy just doesn't age. It's kind of crazy. Or he's just been fighting forever since he was like two. So I don't know. But I just think that Pedro's pressure, I think the speed might be a little bit of a factor here too. I think he's got ways to get the fight to the floor. He just, as long as he doesn't go in there and get kind of starstruck that he's fighting Jose Aldo. I think Pedro gets it done. And on short notice and with these type of odds, I'm going to lean towards Pedro by decision. Pedro Munoz by decision, the pick to click. You see the efficiency with which Ian Parker presents that selection. It's almost like there's TV producers getting to him, right? He The first thing out of his mouth is I'm picking this guy, right? It's very interesting. Stylistic. I'm learning a lot you don't, the headset. I'm learning well, no, I mean, but you don't, you don't, you don't let it sort of marinate and then say, oh, like, oh, well, you know, this guy does this and this guy does this. But in the end, I got to get you're just like, I'm going with this guy. I got two kids Not- fucking barking up the stairs. <laughs> Here it is. Not everybody gets John Attic time on the mic. My time is short and sweet. You could ask Kenny. <laughs> I get this much to go on. So I got to get all that in there. Not speak too fast and be efficient. That's how we roll. Well, you're good at your job, and hopefully the three of us might even get together soon because it looks like uh, this Pioneers Fighting League that you guys speak so highly of has a show in Hollywood, Florida coming up here in a few weeks. (laughs) Joking around. Pioneers. I just kind of like how every time we do this, you have a different name for it. You're kind of of outmatched here. You got two on three. The joke is is long running so much so that I think I actually have forgotten what it actually (laughs) is. But no, hopefully we can all get together depending on uh, this this pandemic. Um, So uh, I think, Ken Flo, we need a selection from you on the co-main event. And uh, I mean, you fought Jose Aldo, if our listeners don't know, 10 years ago, October 2011. He's still going pretty strong here um, on a winning streak. What do you think about Jose Aldo Jr., the king of Rio de Janeiro against Pedro Munoz? Wow, I am old. Uh, Let's see. So for Jose, listen, I I think that he is the better fighter on the feet. I think he's the better fighter on the ground. I do see why Ian is going with Pedro, though. I just see it a little bit differently. I think that Pedro is the hungrier guy or could potentially be the hungrier guy. And that is what concerns me most here with Jose Aldo. I'm not going to write him off yet. Um, I do think that you know, he's he's gone against some other guys in Piotr Jan who have perhaps wanted it more. Pedro Munoz could be that guy that is hungrier, that does want it more. But he's got to still address the skills of Jose Aldo. And I still think that Jose Aldo is going to be the more technical guy and could potentially prevent it from going into those, you know, getting to that dark uh, place in, in their heads where it's just a, a grimy you know, brawl. So I like Aldo here. Uh, I like him by decision. Uh, I think he gets it done here against a very tough Pedro Munoz. 
Very interesting co-main event selection for you at UFC 265 this weekend. All right, main event will be for the UFC's interim heavyweight title. Seattle gone minus 335. The Black Beast, Eric Lewis, is plus 260. So gone undefeated. Lewis, one of the most decorated knockout artists in UFC history. And as big a UFC star as there is in Houston, Texas at present, perhaps there has been a bigger Houston draw in the past that I'm forgetting. I apologize if there is. I don't know if that's going to be a factor or not, um, but I don't think it's going to hurt the Black Beast if he needs a little pick-me-up there late in the fight. Um, Ken Flo will lead here. You got Cito gone, big favorite, back-to-back five-round decision wins for him over Jarzinho Rosenstrike and Alexander Volkov. We need a pick, Ken Flo. We're running out of time. Who do you have? Well, it was nice to see Cyril Gaon get a main event spot, um, you know, not not too long ago. And to see how he'd perform in that spot, I think that, you know, he showed a discipline and a patience that was really impressive. And he's going to need that uh, big time here against Derek Lewis, who is a guy who can put your lights out at any point. Um, and it seemingly comes out of nowhere. That's the thing that makes Derek Lewis so dangerous is, you know, there's not a whole lot happening. And then all of a sudden, boom. Um, you're sleeping on the canvas. So Derek's a dangerous guy. God has to be very careful in the, in the manner in which he attacks and which he goes forward. I do like that gone attacks at angles. I do like that gone likes to establish his range first. Uh, again, that patience, that discipline is huge for me. I think um, he should also look for those takedowns against Derek Lewis at times to try to mix things up and keep Derek guessing, especially sometimes Derek has a tendency of moving up against the cage um, to, to prevent the takedowns. He rests against the cage to stop that motion on those takedowns to help him keep it on the feet. That is good but um, also can make him complacent at times. I think Gon might be the faster guy here, um, and I think he has a little bit more weapons uh, when, when you're talking about the overall game, the elbows to the knees to the kicks. Um, although Derek Lewis has a very sneaky, fast uh, high kick that, that he should watch out for. I like Cyril Gon here. I think he gets it done by decision as well here against Derek Lewis, uh, potentially gets a stoppage late in the fight, but uh, I'm going to be going with the decision. Who knows, later on in the week I could change that to a stoppage by gone, but um, let's go with Cyril. Someone said they saw you at a playground in Charlotte, like making your daughter like sharpen her elbows on like a rock. And was that is that what happened? He leads with elbows. It may or may not be the case. Was I'm that not you? Lie. All yeah. right, Ian. Cyril uh, gone. Derek Lewis. Dying to know which way you're going, my friend. Look, people don't love how patient Cyril Gaon has been, but Kenny just spoke on it. That's just the discipline the guy has. You know, his record, how young it is, doesn't really speak on how far ahead in years he really, I believe, is in his IQ. I think this is a great matchup for him. He's not a guy that leans in with his chin up and his hands down. He does not get hit very often, and he's going to win a lot of the rounds. This is what Derek Lewis does. Derek Lewis doesn't win rounds. He either wins the fight or he loses by decision. And I just think he's going to have a really tough time against Gon. Gon also has the ability to bring this fight to the ground. So if Derek overcommits on one of those power rights, it gets thrown off balance. Gon hits him with an outside single or a double and he's on top. He can submit Derek Lewis. I just think Gon is very, just too smart of a fighter here to engage in a firefight. You know, when Curtis Blade shot in, everyone kept saying that uppercut was coming. And for some reason, he didn't see it till he literally couldn't see it. So I like Cyril gone by decision. I think he'll be very in and out with his jabs and his striking. I just don't see him getting hit. So for that reason, I like Cyril gone. 
And I do think even though Nganu and many others in the MMA space, rightfully so, were upset with this interim heavyweight title fight distinction uh, and designation, I think that it's going to make Nganu's first title defense absolutely huge. If it's Cyril Gahn with the whole Fernand Lopez backdrop and if it's Derek Lewis, given the way their first fight went, I mean, can you imagine if they put a belt on Derek Lewis at Toyota Center Saturday night? Place is going to go crazy. I will tell you, nothing would make me happier to see Derek Lewis as a heavyweight champ at some point or to win here. I don't see it happening, but there's not a lot of guys marketing-wise that speak like him, just show the yeah. personality and just don't care. You got Nganu, who looks like he could be in a Marvel movie, and then you got Derek Lewis, who's just hilarious, and he's in, he's himself, and his answers just never seem to surprise anyone. So do I think it's going to happen? No. Would it be amazing? Yes. All right, at Ian Parker, MMA on social media. Great to see you, buddy. We will uh, we will reconvene in, uh, in less than a week. Thank you for uh, the delayed start today, sir. All good, guys. All right. That is it for the main event challenge. And it is now time to bring on a guest who is with us for the first time in a very long time. Long been considered the number one mixed martial arts sports better. He is a mixed martial arts mind of the highest order, and he is going to be back in the MMA space in a big way soon. Luca Fury is with us. Luca, how are you? I appreciate that intro. That's very sweet. Of course, my man. So, Luca, it's great to have you back on the show. I know you were a big part of a lot of our earlier episodes back in the day, and I want to get into sort of why you took a break from the MMA space, but I understand you've had sort of a challenging weekend in Las Vegas as you try to get settled. What's going on there in Sin City, bro? Oh, man. I mean, <laughs> I, come, I come from Minnesota where people are, I guess, a bit extra nice. So I knew going to Las Vegas, people were going to have – I guess not quite the same compassion, but man, it really is surprising <laughs> how just ruthless and people just don't like doing their job here. And you really have to pressure them just to do the most basic things. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going through the middle of a move and I'm like, I'm just trying to live my life. Can you please not be difficult? How about that? Well, uh, it's great to have you sort of back in the space. I remember for a lot of people sort of bemoan the fact when you walked away or I guess retired um, with the distinction as one of the you know sharpest MMA minds and handicappers. And I know you were on our podcast way back in the day a lot. But uh, how long did you really step away? And did that mean you weren't like watching the sport at all on a regular basis? Oh, no, I always followed the sport very closely. But there's definitely a difference between following the sport and following the sport from a betting perspective you know when i'm watching the sport yeah i watch most of the prelims still on that but when you're betting you're watching dozens of hours of tape leading into that so i did that for almost a decade uh, there was a point where i had seven years with no days off i just honestly got kind of burnt out at one point yeah. just from the betting perspective not on mma i still always will love mma it's never going to change for me um but yeah, after a few years off, I just decided that, you know, something I was interested in doing again for a variety of reasons. But the biggest of all was that my fire and passion for it was back. Luca, you know, it, it seems like um, the situation with the judging is kind of rearing its ugly head again. Um, we've seen some pretty bad decisions over the last couple of weeks, I guess. And I'm just curious as, as to how that has changed or if it has changed the way you approach betting at all uh both in your research of potentially who's judging or um you know the the way that the fights have been going down um i don't know how, how has that changed for you yeah it's interesting you say that because so when i stopped before it was the end of 2017 and at that point judging was pretty bad and then <laughs> since then 
Oh man, pretty much every robbery of the year for like the last like several years at that point, I had like bet on the loser. It was uh, it was it was rough. I had some uh, definitely some thoughts about judging, but it certainly then got better in recent years. And then I noticed, just like you said, it's all of a sudden got worse again. And I'm like, man, as soon as I'm thinking about coming back, it gets worse again. What's all this right. about? So when handicapping fights, so it's absolutely a factor because there are certain things that we know judges overvalue and undervalue, and. Sometimes there are bad judging that you um, that you can't predict as a handicapper, but there's also a lot of times that you can. For example, if you know there's going to be a lot of fence pushing, and we know that a lot of times judges overrate that, I'm not interested in laying, <clears throat> excuse me, say four to one on a guy when I know he's going to get fence pushed a significant amount of the time, right? So you have to factor in not just who you think are going is going to win the fight, but more importantly, we know there are certain tendencies of the judges, and you have to consider that. Would you ever want to judge if the the per show rate was was good enough? Like, would that ever interest you? Honestly, just from a passion perspective of the sport and how much I care about it, even though judging doesn't pay well, I've thought about going into judging just to be like, I just like to get into that and maybe figure out more what's going on and why it's like just so poor across the board because there are so many extremely educated fans. This is not like... Like People talk about the scoring system all the time, but that's the problem. But here's my argument for that. If all of the fans watching it can score the proper winner using the exact scoring system that the judges are using, why can't they use the same scoring system to get it right? We don't need a different system. We need different judges. Why is it so hard to get the proper people in these seats cage side? Right. No, largely I agree with that. Uh, and again, I didn't intend to go down this road, but do you think five judges versus three would uh, lessen the margin for error? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that recently. I believe it was Shuto maybe who did it several, several years ago, maybe like eight years ago. Uh, they did it only for a brief time, I believe. Uh, I'm not exactly sure of that. I can't remember exactly how it went, but I think that would be a good idea because, you know, a lot of times when we have bad decisions, it's usually not unanimous. It's usually split. And perhaps if we have five judges, it'll be, you know, a four to one decision in that case or uh, you, you know, we get more dominant decisions for because it's also not very good if a guy wins a split decision, doesn't look good on a record. You know, I think five judges would actually be good for multiple reasons, not just getting the right winner. So Luca Fury is with us here on the Anakin Florian podcast on social media at Fury's Fight Picks. So I think for Ken Flo, like he's put up with me every Monday for six years. But the inconvenient truth of this show is that 41 times a year, I make him pick three or more fights on a Monday of fight week, which I know Luca is not at all ideal. I guess my counter argument to that would be, as an example, if I like Michael Chiesa at plus money, I'm sitting here on Monday. I know he doesn't have to cut to 56, as has often been the case in the past. If I like Chiesa at plus money, um, why not just fire early on? Like, how does your week play out when you're a better? Forget like capping for an audience, but in your bankroll, how do you sort of handicap early versus late? I start handicapping usually, I mean, sometimes actually as soon as the card ends on Saturday, but usually it's Sunday, sometimes in the afternoon or evening, because for exactly what you just mentioned, Sometimes there's a, a, a line early in the week that has value. And usually I can't get down the amount that I want on, say, like a Monday. Usually I have to wait till maybe a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday anyways. But if I start handicapping on, say, a Monday, I'm not going to have my research done until, say, 
maybe a Thursday or Friday, at that point, the line might already be significantly worse. You see a lot of um, line movement around Thursday and Friday, typically. So I try to get my research actually started going as soon as possible. And what I'll also do is if I look at a card and I already have a strong lead right up, a, a strong lean, excuse me, right off the top of my head where I'm very familiar with both fighters. And obviously, I'm still going to do my research. But I can kind of already tell one of them is going to be a bet or maybe uh, an over under or something is going to be a play there. Then I'll get started on that right away. And sometimes I will, in those cases, have a bet on Monday. And if you're someone who can be efficient and get bets out as soon as possible and the limits are high enough for you, yeah. it's absolutely worth it to hop on lines early because usually the sharp sides are the ones that move later in the week. Well, we look forward to hearing from you intermittently on this show over the next few months as your schedule allows. But there is a pinned tweet on your page right now that says that you'll be working in person on camera and live radio for a company in Vegas. Can't say who yet, but going to be doing some things as their main MMA guy, mostly doing pre and post fight analysis. So was your move to Vegas a a professional impetus or uh, I mean, that's very exciting news. You got to be excited to be really going full throttle back at this. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I'm hoping to be doing more stuff beyond that. I actually really want to be pumping out a lot of content. And I, as I've been very open on Twitter, I want it specifically to be free. Because before I did have some free content when I was around, but I also have premium content. And this time I want everything to be free. I want everyone to be able to profit as much as possible off of my bets and my and enjoy my content. So I'm going to be trying to do a lot more free content. And as far as moving to Vegas, um, originally it was just more of a lifestyle thing. But there's some things I don't like about the town, kind of as I mentioned before. And now the right. reason I stayed is purely for professional reasons. It's, All right. it's a great hub, and there's a, a lot of uh, MMA stuff going on here. Do you follow the Twins and the Vikings? Do you ever bet on or against those teams, or is your heart not invested? Uh, the only sport I bet on is MMA currently. I used to bet on NFL for three seasons. I went 2-1 and one on those seasons, but then I, I just got too busy with MMA. But uh, the Twins and the Vikings... Uh, I'll just say I don't exactly trust them. Uh, I have yeah. lifelong yeah. stories of not I'm sure the best experiences. Well, it's good to hear your voice. Great to have you back in the space. Good luck uh, navigating those Vegas waters. And uh, don't be a stranger, my man. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm sure I'll be back. Looking forward to it. All right, there he is, Luca Fury, with us here on the way out on the Anakin Florian podcast. All right, so uh, so you're, when are you coming to Hollywood, Florida, exactly? Let's see, folks, if Ken Flo will actually tell me the date, his arrival date. I'll be like <laughs> hanging out outside the hotel with a mask on. What? Uh, when are you? When are you? What do you got a show next Friday night? Right. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So next Friday. So I'll be. I usually get to town if it's on a Friday night. I'll get there like Wednesday. All right, we got a great grocery store called Publix down here. It's a chain. So I mean, I'll take you to Whole Foods if you want. There we go. Publix. Yeah. I got a, all right. He likes yeah. his organic stuff. Yeah. But we got, you know, Publix has a really good bakery if you want to get like a vanilla cake or something. I don't know. <laughs> Just letting you know. Um, Anikfloriumpodcast.com for all of your merchandise needs. You see our AF hat. See, I got the non-dad cap. How sharp is this red hat? And unlike Ken Flo's hat with that goofy Very fucking back, Very mine actually has just the, uh, you know, the Very one com- I don't get those all. little dots on my forehead if I put it on backwards. All right. But if you, and also I mentioned anikflorinpodcast.com, if you have liked the content on FlowTube, Ken Flo's YouTube channel, now it's all going to be coming out of his goddamn living room. So uh, that's very exciting as well. Um, we will see you for you 
UFC 265 this weekend. It will be me, Daniel Cormier, and Dominic Cruz on the sticks. I believe Joe Rogan had a uh, a comedy conflict. So uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, through our televisions this weekend. And uh, thanks to our sponsors today, DraftKings and Millions. If you do want those One More Sleep t-shirts, you can find them at millions.co. Uh, thanks to our guests, Ian Parker, Ray Longo, Luca Fury, and of course, the man putting it all together. Our executive producer, Cody Merrow. We'd be lost without you, buddy. Ken Flo, have a great fucking week. I'll see you in Florida. Big hug. Until next week, folks. Thank you all for listening. Tell your friends. Appreciate every last one of you. We will see you from Houston. Let's go. Yo, later.